Well, how many of you know that divorce isn't God's highest and best for your life? That's right. But in our culture today, many, many people experience that. And I was brought up in a Christian home, my brother John, and uh, we never saw that be a part of our family as far as my mom and dad. My heart's desire was always to be married like they were. They loved each other and uh, I'm sure they had their moments, but we didn't see <clears throat> that displayed in front of us. And um, in 1989, I had been married for 13 years, three boys, and went through a divorce and uh, was going to one of the large churches there in Missoula. And, um, you know, even today that carries kind of a taboo, even though it's more prevalent than not even in the um, Christian world, and it brings shame with it and guilt and all kinds of things, especially if there's children involved, and um, we had been a part of this church for many, many years, and I had a choice whether I was going to go into the world, which I tried for a while, you know, just run the other way, or if I was going, <laughs> thanks, husband. If I was going to turn back to God, <clears throat> and so I went to the front of the church. I didn't care what people thought about me. And just during the service, the Lord ministered to me. And I, I forget whether it was communion. There was something different about that service that people were kind of in that um, rededicating their heart and life to the Lord. Thank you. So I just got down on my knees and just was, again, pouring out shame and regret and guilt and all these things. And I, I can't say that I saw him with my naked eye, but in my spirit, I saw Jesus come, and he lifted me up, and he took off of himself, and he put around me his robe of righteousness. And it doesn't matter. I, I sat and talked with a young woman yesterday for hours who from the age of eight had been molested at one person after another in her life. And yet, God loves the brokenhearted. That's why he came to restore and to take out that that a thorn, if you want to say, that the enemy puts in a person of shame and guilt. I hear it come out of her. I felt like I was trash. I felt like nobody would ever want me. And that's what the enemy does. I've said this before. God's plan and the enemy's plan run right side by side. And his desire the enemies is constantly throwing out, you've seen those big, um, what do they call them? Uh, I might be using the wrong word, a gavel hook. It has three prongs on it that are quite large. Maybe uh, climbers back in the day threw them up and they hooked it onto grappling hook. And um, that's what the enemy's doing all the time. He's throwing out his grappling hook to try to get you hooked in to maybe pornography, maybe an affair, maybe 
you know, uh, drugs, alcohol, whatever it can be, he, he's constantly along your life throwing that out to try to hook you in your flesh and get you off of the plan of God. But you know, it's so funny that you would say that. This morning when I was with the Lord, he was sharing about um, just about his goodness and that um, everything in our life, he will turn it for his glory no matter how terrible it is. And we all know Jeremiah 29 and 11, but in the Passion, uh, could you look that up real quick? I don't think I wrote it down. I'm just going to. In the Passion, not Passion, in the Message Bible, he declares the end from the beginning is what uh, Isaiah 46.10 says. So he knows what's down the road, and he knows what's back here, and he knows everything in between in our lives. And uh, in the Hebrew word, the future also, also means destiny. God knows and declares from the beginning what the end, the future, the destiny, or the purpose of a person is already before we were ever formed in our mother's womb. And so it doesn't really matter in God's eyes how you missed it, how you failed, what you did that you're ashamed of. You can step right back into that plan and purpose that God has ordained for your life. And it's a good thing. It's a God thing. Do you have that in the message? Um, this is how the message Bible says it I know what I'm doing I have it all planned out plans to take care of you and not abandon you plans to give you the future that you hope for he's got it all planned out and a lot of us are trying to figure out in ourself in our own way of thinking What am I here for? What am I supposed to be doing with my life? What about this thing? What about that thing? Why don't we not go to the one who's got it all planned out? Why don't we ask him, what is your desire for my life? It's a good thing. It's a God thing. He wants you to know what it is that you're supposed to be doing in life, who you're supposed to be married to, what your job is supposed to be, what your calling and giftings are that he's placed on the inside of you. And so um, it's, it's an important thing for us to take what the enemy meant for evil, the destruction that I never thought I'd stand in a pulpit, for one thing, and preach the gospel and take the destruction of my life and turn it around and use it as a platform to help I don't know how many women I, I was telling this young lady that I spoke at a conference in Spokane. There were probably about 300 women there. And as I shared my testimony, knew from the time I was little there was a call of God, but the enemy's plan got in the way. 
and how God has turned what he meant for destruction. The women that came forward that were in their 70s and 80s who have carried guilt and shame for their past and were set free that day because God doesn't make trash no matter what you've done. He did not make you to be a slave to your past. He made you to walk in the freedom that he planned way before you were born that you would walk in. It's up to you and I to step into that and to walk out the plan of God for your life and to see the goodness and the hand of God on you and his blessing on your life. Hallelujah. Thanks, husband. (laughs) (laughs) Thank the Lord. Amen. Praise you, Jesus. You know, it's, it's literally a choice we must make. We must choose life or death, blessing or cursing. The choice is up to us. It's up to everyone in this room. You have to choose life. You have to choose the blessing. That's the, that's the pathway God has for you. That's the pathway God wants you on. That's not necessarily the pathway you're going to be on. It's totally up to you and me. What do you choose? And the devil will make going his way look so good, so incredible. Oh, man, it feels so good. Oh, you got to try this. You got to try that, blah, blah, blah. It's the grass is greener on the other side. You think you're married to somebody. That person is nowhere near as good as that person over there. What a stinking liar. I said, what a stinking liar. You know, the thing I believe the Lord was trying to get across, what Pastor Joan was sharing there is, it doesn't matter how badly you have missed it. It doesn't matter how low you think you've gotten. His love for you never, ever changes. And the blood of Jesus is greater than that. I will remind you of that every single day if I can. The blood of Jesus is greater than that. It reaches into the deepest parts of our hearts and will cleanse anything in us that needs to be cleansed. You know, and I just, when she said that she saw the Lord come up and place that robe around her, man, it was so funny because we had both gone, she had come down to my mom's funeral. It was right at the, when my mom was killed in that car accident. She had come with me. And, and um, she, when she got back, ministered that sermon, that sermon, right? Is that correct? And anyway, so I knew she was preaching. I wasn't in her class. But anyway, I came after the class. And people were coming out and saying, how was I said, how was it? How was it? And they're crying and everything. I'm going, I don't know. It was either really, really, really bad or really, really good. Then uh, some of the people came and said, she made the teacher cry. <laughs> but she ministered so much to the teacher that he came out and was just so tremendously blessed by it. And, you know, God takes those things in our lives that the devil meant for destruction. And he will turn it for his glory for those of us who love him and are called according to his purpose. If you love God, he will turn those things around. I said he will turn those things around. You just got to place it on the altar. 
You got to uh, allow him to do that, that healing that only he can do. Amen? Oh, man, I, I just sense in my heart so much. And I've been saying this, and if you were here Wednesday night, or we, yeah, we did, we did the class on Wednesday. But Pastor Joan and myself were talking one day after the class, not this past Wednesday, but the couple Wednesdays before that. You got to be a doer. You got to be a doer of the word. You got to put these things into practice in your life. You got to act on the word. Or you're not going to have the results. You're not going to be able to experience it. And I, 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 uh, I can uh, just out of my heart share that we're called to live by faith, not by sight. Living a life of faith is not just getting the word in us. It's getting the word out of us. It's releasing our faith out of us. That's being a doer of the word. It's the doer who is blessed. And, and the reason we were saying that and, and emphasizing it so much was because we're talking about having that intimacy with God. How do you share with people who have never experienced that kind of time with the Lord, that kind of experience with the Lord? How do you, how do you put that into words? Because there's nothing in this world that compares with that. I've done drugs. I've been sexually uh, promiscuous. I, you know, did the bar scene, the drug scene, the partying scene, the fighting scene. And I can attest with everything that's in me that living for Jesus is so much better. There's nothing that compares with that. I don't have to drink alcohol in order to have a good time. I don't have to smoke a joint in order to have a good time. I don't have to snort cocaine. I don't have to drop acid or ecstasy or whatever the drugs are out there nowadays. I don't take any of that because I get high on the most high. It's an experience. It is an experience. How many times have you heard me say my prayer for my kids have been for years that they'll have God experiences? God experiences don't go away. They will remain with you forever. And get this. If you've had a God experience before. He'll never take you down. He'll always take you up. In other words, you're going to continue having more and more and more and more God experiences with him. Have you ever thought about Enoch? He wasn't even born again. But something happened. I believe he was probably listening to Adam. Talking about walking and talking with God in the cool of the day. Something got inside of him. And said, I want that. And he would go out and he would walk and have that intimacy with God. Just him and God. Walking and talking. Fellowshipping. And the next thing you know, as he's walking and talking with him, he looked around and he was no longer on the earth. He was in heaven. He was in heaven. Glory to God. Why? Because his heart hunger was to know him. Do you want to know him? The more I seek him, the more I find him. The more I find him, the more I love him. It's an endless cycle. And it's so powerful and so good. Again, I was just thinking about how, you know, as I came up saying, 
how easy it is for make us to make choices to do certain things with our lives. You know, this is the way I do things. This is the way I've done things. We're creatures of habit. How many know that's true? And, you know, I, my wife goes to bed relatively early. I mean, really early. But she gets up at three something in the morning and spends time with the Lord and, and seeks his face and, you know, meditates and prays and does her confessions and things like that. I stay up later. And I have to admit, I got into a little rut. I was staying up and I was watching television. We got every stinking channel you can imagine. I mean, we, I don't watch hardly any of them. But, you know, I was, I was getting caught up in watching these, these, these. It's not like I'm watching a bunch of junk or anything, but it doesn't matter. It was taking my time. And I was sitting in that chair, so I made a decision. At 10 o'clock, I cut it off. And I'm going to go spend time with the Lord before I go to bed. I'm going to open up a book and read some chapters. I'm going to open my Bible up and read some, some, some chapters. And I'm going to spend some time with God. Choice. I have to make that. I want God more in my life. See, there's something that happens in a person's life when they have, start to have those kinds of experiences. And I don't know how else to put it, but the things of this world grow strangely dim. When you learn to get in his presence, he'll take you when you're at your lowest low, he'll pick you up. And he'll begin to love on you and minister to you that nobody else could ever do like he does. He loves you. And he believes in you. And he's called you for such a time as this. Every one of you in this room, you have access into his throne room. He's your heavenly daddy. He wants you to come and crawl up in his lap. My little granddaughter, she is, uh, of course, I think you already know how I feel about her. She's an incredible little girl. But all of a sudden now, she's, kinda, she's, she's gone from 1 to 20, like that. <laughs> and uh, some days she'll come. And it's funny because I think this is how we all are. She'll come, <coughs> excuse me. And uh, come up the stairs, and some days she's so excited to see me. And those are the days I really like. Other days she'll kind of walk up and look at me. <laughs> like, go away. I'm like going, what's up with that? Then, then Graham Graham comes in the door. Ah! <laughs> she goes running over to her. But the reason I brought that up is because it is such a blessing when she comes and gets, crawls up in my lap. Gives me a hug. He wants that from you. He cherishes your time. He loves every one of you in this room so much. You have his heart. You are the apple of his eye. I know sometimes that's hard to believe, isn't it? Have you ever asked God, why do you love me? How could you love me? I know I have, but I know he does. He loves me with that everlasting love, that unconditional love. And he's always there for me. He'll never leave me nor forsake me. So know this today. Just flow to the spirit today. 
I thought it was so good. She's, I heard her singing that song behind me. And I was like, going, that's, that's from the Spirit, by the Spirit. That was by the Spirit, wasn't it? And, and I, guys, let's make these our best days. You've got a choice. I have a choice. You know that your pastor can choose to do wrong? I can do something stupid, choices I make. You have a choice today when you get home. You have a choice tomorrow when you get up. You have a choice. Are you going to choose to live for him? It's your choice. I said to the Lord the other day, I'm going to live for you today. I'm going to live for you tomorrow. I'm going to live for you the next day. I'm going to live for you next week. I'm going to live for you next month. I'm going to live for you every day of my life here on this earth. For what he's done for me, he's incredible. I said he's incredible. And if anyone in here has dealt with that feeling unworthy, and I think probably everybody has dealt with that at one time or another in your life, just remind the devil of the price that was paid for you. Because the price paid for you was the ultimate price. The greatest price ever paid for anything or anyone was the price Jesus paid for you and me. Amen. That means you're worth a lot in his sight. And that's all that matters. Amen. Hallelujah. That's right. That's in. What is that? Joel 2? Right, there, come on. Amen. Yes. That is good. He shall restore what the locusts have eaten. This is what the Bible says here in Acts chapter 3, and I'm not going to get into a big preaching. And this is right after uh, Peter and John, the, the, the lame man, rose up and was healed. And it says in verse 11 of chapter 3 of Acts, Now as the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John, uh, all the people ran together to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's, greatly amazed. So when Peter saw it, he responded to the people, men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why look so intently at us? As though by our own power or godliness we made this man walk. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate, when he was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One and the just and asked for a murderer to be granted to you, killed the Prince of Life, whom God raised from the dead, of whom we are witnesses. And through his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Yet now, brethren, I know that you did it in ignorance, as did also your rulers. But those things which God foretold by the mouth of all his prophets, that the Christ would suffer, he has thus fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out. Now notice what happens, what he says is going to happen. So that times of refreshing may come from the presence of 
of the Lord. Does anybody have the Passion Translation for that? You got it? Acts chapter 3, verse 19. Times of refreshing from the Lord. God is in the restoration business. We have to recognize and understand that God is in the restoration business. Amen. And as we live for him, knowing that the blood of Jesus has cleansed us, knowing that we are the redeemed of the Lord, we got to understand that there's times of refreshing coming for us that are there for us. God wants to restore what the locust has eaten. Amen. Amen. Verse 19. Oh, my goodness. And now you must repent and turn back to God so that your sins will be removed and so that times of refreshing will stream from the Lord's presence. And again, it's, the point I'm trying to make is, is this. It doesn't matter how far you might have gone away from God, may have been running from God or whatever the case is. When you turn back, he's going to run to you. Amen. And when you run back, to, I, I, have you ever been in that state where you feel like you have just you've done too much? You've gone too far. You've made too many mistakes. That's it. I can't live for God. I don't have what it takes to live for God. I'm going to, you know, I just I, I'm struggling right now. I, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. Friends, I'm going to tell you a little secret. It's really easy. Just repent. Turn away from the things you've been doing. Turn back to him. Cry out to him. And I promise you, he will run to you. He will never reject you. He will never, uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? He will never, ever belittle you, demean you, beat you up, uh, uh, criticize you. That's not the way he is. He'll come swooping into your life again and restore you. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I believe it. I expect it in my life. How about you? The blood of Jesus is greater than that. I have my prayer for everyone in this room is you're going to start to start to have God experiences, not just a God experience, but God experiences. They're incredible. It will bless your socks off. You just sit there. All of a sudden you look down, your socks are gone off your feet. <laughs> Hallelujah. I never did really stop and think about that. But anyway, Hallelujah. God loves you. God loves you. Praise the Lord. Let's take up our offerings now. Praise the Lord. Let's take up our offerings now. Thank you. Why don't we go ahead and take up our offering now? Hallelujah. Uh, let me just share this with you. This is what the Lord shared with me this morning. How many know that seed time and harvest is a law? You need an offering envelope. I'm sorry. Any offering envelopes needed? Uh, seed time and harvest is a law. I said seed time and harvest is a law. In fact, in Genesis uh, chapter 8, 11, the Bible says that one of the things that's going to remain, as long as this earth remains, is seed time and harvest. Is the earth still here? For those who are a little slow of mind, we, it's still here. So seed time and harvest is still here. And then over in Galatians chapter 6, the Bible is very clear that whatsoever a man sows, that's what he's going to reap. Now, a lot of times people think if you sow apple seeds, you're going to get apples. True. You sow orange seeds, you're going to get oranges. True. Uh, any other kind of fruit, you'll get that kind of fruit. I'm not going to sow seeds of an apple and get an orange. It doesn't work that way. Everybody with me? I know I'm being simple here, but I really want you to catch something here. Whatever you sow, you're going to reap. If you need love in your life, sow love. If you need mercy in your life, sow mercy. Amen. 
And if you need finances in your life, so finances. This is the way God established it. This is a law of God. How many know that when you work a law, the law always works? I mean, gravity. We can go up right now under this roof. I don't care who you are. If you jump off this roof, you're going to go straight down. Why? Because of gravity. Not one person in this room is going to start floating. Are you listening? It's a law, the law of gravity. Well, the law of seed time and harvest, it works. Sow the seed, expect to receive back a harvest. As long as you don't give up. As, what you need to do is when you sow, keep watering the seed. And keep pulling the weeds up. What does the, what does the watering entail? Keep praising God for the answer. Thank you, Lord. I got, it's mine. It's coming in. Hallelujah. And keep confessing the word. Keep believing what the word says. Speak it in out of your mouth. And what are the weeds? Doubt and unbelief. Pull those weeds out. Don't let those weeds come. Oh, it's been a long time. Get out of here in Jesus' name. And then before long, you shall reap. You've got God's word on it. It is a law. It always works for those who work it. I don't know about you, but I'm going to keep sowing. I've been doing it all of my life. And guess what? My God has always been there for us. Always been there for us. It may not happen the way you expect it to happen. It may not happen in the time frame that you expect it to happen. But it shall come to pass if you keep standing and refuse to, to give up on it. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. All right. Hold your offerings up and let's pray. Father, right now, in Jesus' name, we thank you for this opportunity to bring our tithes into this local storehouse of Celebration of Life Church. We believe that this church is here for such a time as this, in this Gallatin Valley, in the state of Montana, in this northwest region of the country. I believe that this church is going to make a tremendous impact in this world for Jesus Christ. All the different ministries that we sow into, all the different uh, churches that we support, Glory to God, we believe in Jesus' name, our best days are before us. We believe in Jesus' name for our, our harvest of a church building is coming in in Jesus' name. Our harvest of living in the land of more than enough is coming in in Jesus' name. Not just for my family and me, we're going to get there, but also everybody else in here. Hallelujah, we trust you for these things. We give you praise and glory for it. As long as we work the word, Father, you make yourself responsible for the results we expect it we thank you for it we're blessed to be a blessing in jesus name and everybody said amen, amen. Uh, i just wanted to give everybody a heads up to um the offering for um irene and her vehicle we're now pushing da -dun, da -dun, dun. i don't want to tell you something that's not true it's almost, I mean, it's probably right around $7,000 or more. Amen. Glory to God. God has moved upon many people's lives. And I tell you, Irene's going to get her a nice vehicle. Hallelujah. But do you see, this is how it works. We're sowing into some lady's life who comes to this church, attends this church, because why? She needs a vehicle. And it's going to be cool that this becomes a pattern. Hey, I heard about this person over here needs this. Come on, man. Let's get together. Let's get this taken care of. Hallelujah. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Does anybody else have anything they want to share real quickly? In other words, I don't want somebody to get up, preach. 
Well, you know what it said. Because <laughs> I can. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, you guys are greatly loved. Hopefully you got blessed today because I know I did. I really enjoyed that worship. Hallelujah. So, Father, I just pray a special blessing over these people here. And everyone watching via live stream. <clears throat> I just believe in Jesus' name. That you're going to minister to their hearts. And you're going to flood them with your presence. My prayer, Father, for them is they come to know you in a greater way. Experience you, Lord. Have those God experiences. Ones that, just like it's happened in my life, have completely changed me. I am so thankful for you, Lord. For the love you have for us. I'm so thankful. That you demonstrated that, that love by giving us the greatest gift of all, your son Jesus and his precious blood. We honor you this day and we give you praise for it now. I'm asking you to keep everybody safe now as they go their ways. May everybody come back on Wednesday to hear our guest minister. We thank you for it happening now in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. God bless you. I love you very much. Have a great rest of your week.